It has not yet been a week since the back-to-back mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio, but the country has started its familiar somber ritual of debate and anguish following the shootings. That anxiety is notable in San Diego, given the region's connection to El Paso. Still, we live in a time of heightened anxiety, and experts say talking about it is a way to cope. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Peter Rowe, you're a general assignment reporter at the Union Tribune. And admittingly, it's been a difficult news week with lots of tragedies happening with shootings in Ohio and in Texas. So many San Diegans and many Americans are feeling quite anxious. Why? Yeah, that's a good question because this is not, of course, the first time that we've been uh, confronted with mass shootings. There have been mass shootings for decades now, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something about the last weekend, and I think it, it had to do with the speed at which one mass shooting followed the other. What was interesting to me is that people who are thousands of miles away from the sites of these tragedies were feeling so bereft. They were just feeling personally involved, even if they even if they had no personal connection. Mm-hmm. And certainly there were strong connections. El Paso is a Latino community. So is San Diego. We're both border cities. So in a sense, we were kind of feeling secondary pain. Yeah, actually, uh, in the story, uh, there are a couple of quotes from uh, from Tijuana residents who come over to San Isidro to shop. And they they were especially feeling it because, I mean, we now know that at least the police are reporting that the suspect says he was targeting Mexicans. So they feel very much in the crosshairs and that this could have been them. And uh, let's get to the science of it. What happens when we live in a constant state of fear and anxiety? Well, it's not a good thing. It's certainly not healthy. Um, for the story, I interviewed uh, Rebecca Ching, who's a licensed family and marriage counselor. She said, you know, that a lot of folks uh, will go in uh, one of two equally unhealthy directions. Uh, some of them just become so focused on the tragedy that it's debilitating. They're unable to do anything else. Their mind kind of keeps spinning this around and around. And there's a there's a phenomenon where the brain seeks solutions mm-hmm. uh, and so kind of presents your mind with, with a scenario in which you're confronted with a, a mass shooter what would you do? And and the brain runs through all these scenarios, all these ways that you might be able to escape or something would happen. Uh, and it happens, you know, the brain gets stuck on this. It goes mm-hmm. over and over and you're, you're kind of unable to break free. Um, there's another way that, um, that this therapist sees people trying to deal with this, and that is to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they could be using anything from drugs to alcohol to exercise to sex. She she suggested Netflix uh, could be a, a a way of you know kind of self medicating, just losing yourself 
Guess that's why they call it binge watching. It's not a good <laughs> right, thing. Right, right. Well, but then she did say, well, occasionally binge watching. She said, who, who amongst us has not, you know, had to uh, watch that season of Stranger Things or whatever it was? Hmm. Um, so that's that's another thing, and that that also is not helpful because you're you're really kind of um, masking the pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you were reporting this story, did you notice any kind of sense of change? Because it seems like the time in which we process these tragedies is getting shorter and shorter, so it's becoming more constant than it was maybe ten years ago. Well, it definitely is. And, of course, social media has a lot to do with that. We're actually watching some of these tragedies take place almost in real time. I was actually at a a conference of Hispanic leaders on Saturday when the news was breaking about El Paso. And you could kind of see, you know, how it was moving through this group. Uh, Again, almost in real time, you know, they were getting updates and it was like, you know, we hear that there are several dead and then we heard that there were 10 dead and then, you know, the numbers kept going up. Um, And so that sense of always being there, always being involved in the tragedy of having no break uh, and of getting these updates that are just, you know, horrifying that's that's very very wearing you know Mm -hmm. just kind of tears you down yeah that's one thing that particularly us in the media struggle with is to actually log off when we're not working it can be difficult to actually turn off this constant fire hose of news right right and so and and again um rebecca chang the therapist says that some of this is is healthy. Some of this is good. Some of this uh, is a demonstration of our better angels, you know, that we are showing compassion even though we don't know these people, even though we're not there. We're not under fire personally, but we can feel, we can feel the loss of of a child. We can feel, you know, the anguish of a parent. We can put ourselves in their shoes, and that's that's part of our essential humanity. What's important is is to kind of be able to do that and still move on with your life and still be present to the people in your life that you need to be present for, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be just lost in, in El Paso when really you're living here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And as with social media has become such a major part of our lives and the way we get news has changed, There's also an increasing discussion and openness about mental health needs, and people are more open about what they're experiencing. Did any resources kind of touch on that sea change in culture? Well, I think, uh, you know, the therapist is saying there's still a stigma, unfortunately, about seeking mental health that is easing somewhat. And she and her practice, they are seeing more people coming in. So at least they're looking for healthy ways to deal with this. And that's that's a positive sign. Yeah, and it's also worth noting that not too long ago, there was a mass shooting here in San Diego with what happened at Habat of Poway. So in a sense, we're still healing from that as a community when another similar event happens again. That's correct. And, and that kind of goes to the whole, um, the whole theme here that 
it's it's not any one place, you know, that's being attacked, and it's not any one group. Uh, so you had the Muslims in um, in Christchurch. Uh, you mm-hmm. had a massacre of Catholics in, I believe it was in Colombo and Sri Lanka. Uh, you have, you know, the shooting in uh, in Pittsburgh in the Tree of Life synagogue. You know, Jews, and then of course here at uh, Chabad of Poway. Uh, so those were all houses of religion. Of course, we've seen schools come under fire. We've seen concert venues, you know, where someone sets up and just starts, you know, mowing down people. Uh, you see now a, a mall. Uh, so, I mean, it's we're told that it's places where folks gather publicly where you're really in the most danger. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange how the whole notion of soft targets has become such like a casual term when really it should be meant for warfare. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, I mean, the soft is, <laughs> is you, and, you and me. I mean, it's horrifying. Um, so um, not, to, not to, again, um, uh, kind of, you know, go down this rabbit hole and just continue to kind of obsess on this, but... I talked to uh, Lieutenant Dan Peake at the Chula Vista Police Department. He's uh, he's the head of their SWAT team. Uh, and he said, you know, you, you just need to be aware uh, when you're going into places. You need to be aware at all times about your surroundings. Um, and, you know, not to be paranoid about it, but if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and go on about your business. I spoke to uh, two different pastors uh, for the story, and both of them were kind of wrestling with, one, how do, how do we speak to our congregations about this? But the one that really struck me was the, uh, the rector at St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Del Mar. Mm-hmm. And she said she was in the middle of her service last Sunday when suddenly she just started thinking if someone was to come in right now, how would I get everyone to safety? What would I do? And then, and then she felt guilty, you know, thinking, what am I doing? I'm in the middle of this service, and my mind is on, you know, some horrific crime. Um, and she brought herself back through prayer. And that, that was a theme for both of the ministers was, you know, we need to aim higher. We need to aim higher. We need to... Remember that we're not Republicans and Democrats primarily. We're not men and women primarily. We're not um, white or black or brown or Asian primarily. Primarily, we're all people, and we're all in this together and that we should all be helping each other. Yeah, it's one thing that it seems like uh, we're unwilling to admit that a solution to many of these problems is just fostering a better sense of community, but that's easier said than done. It is, but I think it's important to keep remembering it. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So we're recording this Friday afternoon. You have a weekend ahead of you. Might as well go out and do something fun with your friends and build that community. That's good advice. I'll try to take it. All right. Peter Rowe, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, in dealing with this strain of tragedy, we reached out to Rebecca Ching, a psychotherapist who works in San Diego. Here are some of her tips to best cope in these trying times. In light of the news that we've heard over the last week, 
there is this collective rise in our anxiety, in our own systems, in families, and in our communities. Some of the best things and most important things we can do is to check in on each other and to talk about it. We also need to practice a lot more compassion. These are complex issues. Um, These are complex times. And there isn't a sense of certainty of what is safe and what is not safe anymore. And so I think that is starting to cause people to, to spin, understandably, a little bit more. We used to take for granted going shopping or going to a movie or going to a festival. So the important thing is to keep, one, talking about it, two, asking for help. This is a really hard thing for us to do. We hate to be a burden. We're afraid that if we talk about it, we might make it a bigger deal. But in fact, it'll empower others to be more courageous and share their feelings too. And the other piece about asking for help too is sometimes if we can't calm down and we stay heightened in this level of anxiety, that's the time we can reach out for professional help. Sometimes our nervous systems, our mental health, our emotional well-being, we need some more support. Um, based on our own unique story, our own unique genetics or family of origin or history of trauma, these current events can just tap into wounds that have healed or haven't totally healed and make it feel like the past is acting out in the present again. So not isolating, speaking our shame and our fear and our pain, asking for help from the right people at the right time, and really understanding that we are in this together really fostering a common humanity, that when we dare to care about the people that we've seen hurt or care about those that are closest to us, that's a common humanity experience. And it is very brave work to dare to love, to dare to care. And so being moved to acts of service, being moved to gratitude for what we do have, being moved to help Um, Those that are struggling are all areas that we can, that will help take the edge off of it. But again, if we notice that our levels of anxiety or the anxiety of those that we care about isn't decreasing, don't wait. We need to get help. The longer we wait to get help, the more entrenched these patterns um, can become. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign that we can't do it well on our own. It's just part of our help when when we have a... When we have an infection, we get some medicine to help cure that. Often when we have issues around our mental health, you you seek out a specialized, trained psychotherapist, especially in the areas of anxiety and trauma. I encourage you to look for people who have a specialized experience around mind-body connection and treating the whole person. We're finding that really leads to sustained change. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m., Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. Special thanks to Border and Enterprise editor Mark Platt for guest editing the podcast this week. Please leave us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can support our journalism by signing up for any or all of our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.